Hey, Manager After God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to share seven ways to encourage your married friends. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey, thanks for joining us for the first episode of 2019. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, and we just want to invite you to leave a review. If you've been enjoying this podcast um, since last year uh, and are just loving the content, if you want to help get the word out, one of the best ways to do that is to leave a star rating, which is super easy. You just scroll to the bottom of the iTunes app if you're listening on iTunes and you hit a star rating. It just, that's, that's enough. And if you want to do more, you can actually leave a text review and we read through those all. They're really encouraging. And uh, yeah, we just love to invite you to do that. We'd also like you to know that one of the ways that this podcast is supported is through people like you uh, shopping through our store. So if you would like to check out just the resources that we've created for you, for your marriage, to encourage you guys, go to shop.marriageaftergod.com. Okay, so let's start off with our icebreaker question. Jennifer, what is one thing you are passionate about? Well, something I don't know if they know about me is I'm very passionate about art. I love all things art, um, but specifically painting and restoring furniture. So like I just um, got an old desk for Olive and it was multicolored and had designs on it. It was unique. It was very unique, um, very (laughs) bold, dark blue and green. Um, But I just I covered it all with some chalk paint and did this kind of antique finish on it. It Turned out really great. Went to Hobby Lobby, got some knobs for it. So just doing kind of creative things like that. I, I love jumping into projects like that. 
Yeah, and you and you're good at it too. Oh, thanks. Uh, you should <laughs> actually post some pictures from old art projects you've done in the past, like the Maybe blue I'll lady. Do that. And uh, yeah. I'm thinking of the 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 Jesus painting you did oh, a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, you, you're actually really good at it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, something I'm passionate about. I'm actually passionate about, and this wasn't planned, um, <laughs> but I'm passionate about helping people with their businesses. Uh, I, maybe people don't know this about me, but I I do a little bit of consulting here and there. I don't do it publicly necessarily, but like lots of our friends, mm-hmm. I've helped with their businesses, with their websites. Uh, with the creative, the marketing, I, I actually really love it. Yeah, you're good <laughs> at that too. I feel like you have just something unique about you where you could just seriously look at any kind of business project, um, any any goal that someone has and go, oh yeah, this is what you should do to, to make it awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm passionate about. I like the, the one-on-one uh, the going back and the forth. The going back and forth, the brainstorming, the ide- ideation. Ideation, that's yeah. what you're good at. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. that's that's what we're passionate about. There's a lot of things we're passionate about, but those are some <laughs> specific ones that people might not know about us. Okay, so we have um before we get into the main topic, we have a quote from the book The Life-Giving Table by Sally Clarkson. This is a really great book if you guys want to jump into um for um well the subtitle is Nurturing Faith Through Feasting One Meal at a Time and she talks a lot about um just creating your family culture around the table and she gives ideas on how to do that. She even gives recipes in the book, but on page 219, she says this. Having deep, meaningful relationships is not just a pleasant addition to our lives, but an element essential to our identities. That's good. Yeah. And it's about what we're talking about today. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, friendships and specifically your your friends who are married and um, engaging in community with them. And specifically on how your marriage can be an encouragement to those other marriages. Because a part of being a marriage after God is not that it's just about us and what we're doing in the world and what God's using us for, but that we are walking with other Christians as the body of Christ for his purposes, for his, for what he's doing. And one of those things, man, the, the New Testament, I feel like almost everything that's said in the New Testament is about our relationship with one another. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, especially the book of Ephesians, which is the relationship book. It's mm-hmm. about our, our relationship with God, uh, our relationship with our, each other as husband and wife, with our children. And so God loves relationships. Yeah, he does. He came because of relationships. He died for relationship. Sally actually mentions, um, just before that quote that I just read, she mentions how God created us in his image. And if he's a relational being, then we are as well. Yeah, and and, and that's exactly what we are. And I feel like, one of the things the enemy does is makes us want to be alone. Mm. Wants to get us away from community with other believers. Makes us feel like we're the only ones who think the way we think. Or every time I get close to people, I get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny because that's exactly how relationships work. They're sticky. They're messy, yeah. They're messy. Um, and you're probably not close enough to someone if you're not feeling hurt sometimes. Doesn't mean that we should be hurting each other, but it's just... It's natural for that to happen, but the enemy doesn't like it. He doesn't like us being connected with one another, closely tied together because we're stronger together. It's true in every aspect of life. You see it in the animal kingdom. You see it in the human kingdom. And we, when, we're, when we're together, when we're unified, when we're one, when we're walking together, we strengthen each other. We're less prone to being attacked. We're less prone to falling. And when we do, we have someone to pick us up. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how your marriage, you listening right now, <laughs> can encourage other marriages. And it's so important because, I mean, when I think about um, some of the kingdom work, the things that God has a purpose to do, um, you know, I think about evangelism and I think about, um, you know, telling sharing the gospel with people who yeah, don't lost, know him, yeah. right? The lost. Um, but it's also so important to remember that even as Christians, like we need to be reminded of these things. We need to be reminded mm-hmm. of who God is in our life and, and how he's working and how he's moving in our life. And I think that's such a great thing about friendship is we can do that for each other. And that's why I'm really excited about this episode because we're going to give you some kind of practical um, things and and just encourage you mm-hmm. to be those type of people in your relationships with your other married couple friends. Yeah. And if it wasn't for other marriages encouraging us, yeah, we would not be here today. That's true. As in, we'd probably be divorced. Uh, but we had couples who loved us enough to dive into our messiness, mm-hmm. to to peer in, to say hard things to us, to encourage us to be there late into the night. You know, we've talked about this in past episodes. You talk, talk about it in your book. Mm-hmm. But just all the tears, all the laughter, mm-hmm. all the late nights, all the food, you know, there's all yeah. these things that were incorporated into our relationships and people loving on us mm-hmm. and walking with us. And we all need that. Like even those listening, they're probably going, well, I need that. I just want to encourage all of us to be the people that we need in our lives. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. We, we need to be the people. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be the example. We need to. And you know what? Sometimes we don't feel like we can be that person but we still should be mm-hmm. because it's the times that you feel like you can't be it that you probably need to be it. So this is really funny. <laughs> it reminds me of um, growing up. My grandma used to say, cause we'd all eat a bunch of food when we got to her house and then we'd all just want to like lay around on the couch and she'd go, okay, it's time for a walk. Cause that's the best time to take a walk is when you feel like you, you want to go to bed. Yeah. When you feel like you want to go to bed or when you feel like you can't. <laughs> and as a science, like proven that now it's like, it helps with digestion to go for a walk. After <laughs> I don't know. I just remember my grandma always saying it. <laughs> grandma knew things. <laughs> Yeah. So, so here's our encouragement to you to go yeah, take a walk. No, <laughs> yeah, go get some food, take a walk. No, but I, I feel like this is important to, cause we all have friends, mm-hmm. but how many of us have friends that we know intimately that they're more like family to us. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to be happening more in the church. If we, we, we realize that being a part of the body of Christ literally means that we are unified with other Christians. Mm-hmm. Not just, well, like, yeah, I go to church with so-and-so and, and oh yeah, they're, they're nice, and, but they don't know anything about you and they're never in your life. And we can't do this with every single Christian, but we can do it with some. Yeah, and those who are already closest to us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so why don't we just get into the seven Let's do ways. It. Okay. You want to start with number one? Yeah. You mentioned a, a minute ago about the gospel and how, you know, in evangelism, preaching the gospel to the lost. But when I read the Bible, when I read the New Testament, it's all about reminding the believer of what the gospel says. Mm. It's a, it's pretty incredible if you think about it. It doesn't mean we shouldn't preach the gospel to the lost. That's what, that's what we preach the gospel for is to say for salvation mm-hmm. that Jesus would be preached and that people would turn their hearts to him and that they would join the body of Christ. But those that are in the body of Christ, I, I believe we need to be preaching the gospel to each other more often, 
not just assuming like, oh, everyone, yeah, we, we're saved and we got the gospel. The, the gospel is the power of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the thing that changes us. Yeah. And many of the things that we, hard things that we walk through in life and our, like our sins and like things that we might have a hard time escaping is because we haven't re- either if we've forgotten the gospel or we haven't truly understood it mm. because the gospel is the thing that saves us. It's the thing that transforms us. It's the thing that makes us be like Christ. That's good. Yeah. So I, th- I want to read this scripture. It's Romans 1, 16. Paul says this. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so in encouraging our friends, I think one of the most powerful things we can do is constantly be reminding them of the gospel that we were once sinners lost in our sin deserving the wrath of God because he's a just God. Mm-hmm. But because God loved us so much, John three sixteen, mm-hmm. he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish under the wrath that we deserve. Jesus took the wrath we deserved. And if we believe in him and we follow him, we actually receive salvation and grace. And our relationship with God is, is made new. And that's the gospel. Preach it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So here's the thing that I, I know that this episode is for us to get our minds on our friends and how we can be, you know, a vessel of God's love and, and grace toward them. But when we say what you just said, when we have a heart directed towards our friends in reminding them of, of the gospel, what does that actually do for us? Like what's there's benefit there. I think it's like practice. First of all, practice preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, sadly, I, I believe many Christians don't even know what the actual gospel is. And so saying it over and over again, it not only reminds us, but it gives us practice on how to preach the gospel. And you're preaching it in a safe environment because you're preaching it to someone who already believes it. Right. And you're reminding them. So you're loving them and you're saying, hey, you know, brother, sister, all these things that you're, you are, you're, you're walking in right now, filter them through the gospel. Mm-hmm. Remember that we actually, what we deserve is eternal punishment. And, but because of God loved us so much and he sent his son to, d- to die for us, we don't get eternal punishment. We get all of the benefits of being a son of God mm-hmm. and a daughter of God, which is what the Bible teaches us. That is the gospel. Yeah. And I just feel like if we're sharing the gospel with our friends, if we're reminding them of who we are in light of God's love story, then we're going to be reminded of that constantly. Yeah. going to be on the forefront of our minds. Exactly. Well, and I think about, you know, when you have a, a brother and sister walking in sin, like let's say you have a married couple, you know, friends of yours and the husband's not, you know, necessarily loving his wife as Christ loves the church, which is what Ephesians five t- teaches us. Um, or you have a wife not walking in reverence or submission to her husband and you, and you say, Hey, I just want to encourage you guys. Are, do you remember what the gospel says? Like, if you recognize what we should have gotten, but what we do receive, it actually brings us back to a place of, of healthy reverence and fear for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it reminds us of his goodness. Yeah. And then, you know what? It often brings us to repentance. Yeah. Lord, you know what? I'm so sorry. Change me and make me like you want me to be because I love you and you've given me everything that I don't deserve. <laughs> mm-hmm. It reminds us of how we can be yeah. and who we should be and who God's made us to be and who he sees us as already which is awesome. So the gospel, I think, is the most powerful thing we can continually be doing in our friends' lives. And like you said, mm-hmm. it reminds us too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So moving on to number two. And uh, when <laughs> we were going through the notes, I actually asked Aaron, isn't that the same as number one? And so I'm <laughs> going to let Aaron explain it, but it's share with them the truth of God's word. Yeah. So the go- it definitely is. The gospel is a part of that. But there's often just practically, you know, think about how many times for you, you know, you've been going through something and I remind you of, of certain scriptures That's true. that are truth and promises. Yeah. And instead of or, you walking in the feeling, you're like, oh, I can actually yes. look at that and be, and start thinking on that and dwelling on okay, that. Okay, that's good. And I've had other friends reach out to me through a text message and, you know, share a verse with me and just let me know that they're thinking about me and praying for me. And that is really, really powerful. So yeah, sharing God's more powerful word, than the word of God. Yeah. So <laughs> sharing God's word with, with them. And practically it could look like a phone call, a, a text message, a card, Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things. Um, word of mouth when you're sitting in front of them with coffee. Yeah. Little note on this. We've got to be in the word of God. Enable to sh- in, in order to share To it. be prepared to share it. Because yeah. we, we, our friends might come to us and just mention something that they're going through or the way they're talking. You just think like, oh man, I, I think they need to hear this. Yeah. They're not thinking about this correctly. Mm-hmm. And then finding that scripture and saying, hey, can I just read something to you? What's awesome about the word of God is instead of it just being my opinion, I think you should do this. Even if my opinion is founded in the word of God, it's still just me. Mm-hmm. But I can say, hey, I just want you to know that, like, let me read this to you. Now what has to happen is they have to argue with the Bible. Yeah, the authority of, <laughs> the authority of God. <laughs> yeah, as long as we're coming in a heart of love mm-hmm. and encouragement and our, and our heart is to help them grow. Yeah. And we're going to treat them the way we want to be treated. Man, scripture is powerful. Yeah. The Bible tells us that the word of God does not come, it goes out and does not return void, mm-hmm. meaning it's going to accomplish what it's going to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I was just thinking if, if your friends are married, chances are you, even if you don't know specifics of what they might be going through in that week, um, you know that marriage can be difficult. And so you can just find a verse that's going to encourage that. Like, does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, and you could be sending them, like large portions of scripture be like, Hey, can yeah. I encourage you today? Read this chapter yeah, and just say, look out for this word or look out mm-hmm. for this. You know, I feel like God's heart for you is he wants, he wants you to know this about himself. Mm-hmm. He wants you to know this about yourself. Uh, and on top of that, encouraging your friends to be in the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying, Hey, are you guys reading? Yeah, that's huge. You know, uh, we, Challenge we, him, Jennifer, yeah. we talk about this often. The times that we, we we feel ourselves slipping into the, like this routine of a little bit of bickering and yeah. which is totally sinful. We've talked about this in just the past. Poor attitudes. Poor attitudes or just bad perspectives, um, discontentment. Mm-hmm. We realize, man, we haven't been very consistent in the word of God. Mm-hmm. We've gotten out of sync because the word of God puts our minds on the spirit rather than the flesh. And when we're not in the word of God, our natural tendency is just to walk in the flesh. Yeah. So uh, just continually reminding them. A couple of weeks ago, I had, um, we were over at some friend's house and um, I was sitting on the couch with the wife and I asked her, I said, so, you know, have you been reading lately? Are you get, are you getting into a routine of being God's word? And and she shared with me that she had, but it was kind of a struggle. And so I got to encourage her. And then she goes, what about you? And I was like, oh man, this is so good that I asked that question because I needed it myself. And I had and just, like, no, no I, was, yeah, I was honest <laughs> with her. I go, you know, it's been really hard for me to get up in the morning and I, and I wasn't doing that. And so it challenged me to then change. And mm-hmm. so I just think, you know, being willing to even go to those hard places and ask those hard questions, knowing they're probably going to, you know, ask you back. Yeah. It's good. Uh, it's you know, you bring good. up a really good point. I think this is why a lot of people avoid saying things 
because we know internally that it, we have come to, back it's, to well, the moment we say it, either we're lying mm -hmm. or we're a hypocrite or we're doing it. But this is also why we need that. Like we need yeah. this. Walking in light yeah. as he is in light. As yeah. Jesus prays for us in John 17 and in 1 John chapter 1, he says, if we have fellowship with God, then we have fellowship with one another. Mm -hmm. And if we walk in the light, then we will have fellowship with one another. So the light that we walk in is doing and saying the things that God wants us to do, even if it means that we're going to also be told the same things. Yeah. And that's the point of it is that we're growing together and being built up together. And so, man, you're right. Saying something means you're going to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and have to be told the same thing, or at least hear the same thing because you're saying it out of your own mouth. Yeah. And, and just a, just a practical note for this portion of you know, this episode, um, what are some hard questions that they can ask their friends besides, are you in, are you in the word? Cause I know another one is, mm. Hey, have, have you been submissive to your husband? How are you guys doing that's in that hard, department? Yeah, that's a hard one. To well, ask, I know right? you and the guys usually ask, um, what do you guys usually we, ask? I'll, I'll, we ask each other, uh, is your, does your wife feel cherished? Mm. Um, and often the question is, and we wrote this in our book, um, my pastor always brings it up. It, could your wife say today, that she is the most cherished woman she knows. Mm. And so for the husbands listening right now, I have a question for you. <laughs> is your wife the most cherished woman she knows? Could she say that? Mm -hmm. And if you can think to yourself, I don't know if she would say that. You need to ask yourself that question. You need to figure out how to walk the way Ephesians 5.25 tells you to walk. And then when you're catching up with your friends who are also married, who are also husbands and wives, be willing to ask each other hard questions like this because this is what's going to... Yeah encourage us, but also change us. And if someone who says they're your friend says it's none of your business, then you should ask yourself if that person really sees you as a friend. Mm -hmm. Or be praying <laughs> for them even more. Because it should be our business. I think of Cain and Abel. Um, Cain kills his brother, Abel. This is in the beginning of the Bible. And God comes to Cain and says, where's your brother? And he says, what am I, my brother's keeper? Mm -hmm. And the point was is, God asked him where his brother was at, which means God was asking him where his brother was at. Yeah. So do we know where our brothers are at? Or we can just say like, I'm not my brother's keeper. In reality, that's not loving our brothers at all. Right. If, if we love them, we'll know where they're at. And we're, and we're actually supposed to be keepers of each other's hearts and relationships with God. And we walk with each other and we, it's safe. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we are keepers of our brothers and we just have to realize that. And so that means I'm accountable to other Christians. Mm-hmm. If they ask me, hey, how's your, is your wife cherished? I'm responsible as a believer to say truthfully, yes or no, mm -hmm. not get out of my business. Because if I don't want a Christ, another Christian in my business, then am I a Christian? Because we're all a part of the same body. Right. It's all one body. That's really good. So for those listening, if they, if they have been um, resistant to let people into those intimate parts of their lives... Mm -hmm. This is a challenge for them to hear, to, to give, you know, maybe not everyone, maybe just a handful of people that permission. Yeah. And I, and for those that are feeling that like, oh, maybe we're not letting people in, uh, go read Proverbs 18, one. It's a good scripture to, to talk about that kind of person mm -hmm. who does that. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to number three and it's be friendly. Proverbs 18, 24 says a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's powerful. Like it seems totally um, simple, <laughs> right? But if you want to have friends, we got to be friendly. Yeah. Like, so are we just being friendly? Are we reaching out? Are we opening up our hearts? Are we 
laughing with, or are we just like sticks in the mud, mm-hmm. which is how I could be sometimes. <laughs> are we being vulnerable? Are we, yeah, we're being you know, vulnerable. Are we being truthful? Because sometimes you can be in a room with people and you can kind of just tell, you know, they're not. Yeah, we're surface level. They're being surface level or they're not being yeah. um, open with me. So it, Yeah. And friendly is like, not like we just kind of were talking about before, not being afraid to let people in, yeah. not being afraid to be seen and known. Yeah. I feel like being friendly also comes with thoughtfulness. Like you have to be thoughtful of each other and maybe even what each other likes. Like I have mm. um, a, a handful of girlfriends who I know what kind of coffee they like and I can randomly drop it off for them when I know they're having a hard day or, you know, just little things like that. I think thoughtfulness is such a big part of um, friendship that can be an encouragement. Mm. And I, I think of friendly, I th- there's a word I also think of, of light. Like, are we light mm. um, around our friends? Do they feel like it's always this like work mm. to be in our presence or is it light to be in our presence? And I, that's kind of what I think about friendly. We've had relationships in the past, mm-hmm. Jennifer, that they always felt heavy. Mm-hmm. Not that they were necessarily going through heavy things. It just felt like work to be around those people. Mm-hmm. And we made it a point to like not be those people. Mm-hmm. So there's times that we will ask like, Hey, uh, how are we being as friends? Yeah. Are we easy to be around? Or are we hard to be around? I also want to make a note that we never um, let those relationships go just because they felt heavy. You know, we felt it was um, our responsibility to be accountable to them still and to love them still and to be... It took more work. It did take more work, yeah. but I just want to encourage those listening. If you have relationships, be praying for those couples and maybe mm. talk about this, you know, um, with them, but but or don't give up on them. Even say the hard thing and, and have them over for dinner, have no kids around and say, can we just share with you something? We love you, but you're hard. <laughs> that's that's the truth of it. Yeah. Hey, well, we love you, but it's hard. Like there's these things that have happened. And is there, can we work on this together? How can we help you? How can, um, d- is there something you haven't recognized? But having those conversations means that you're being friendly. Like, hey, we want to be in this relationship with you. Yeah. We don't want to just, because the easy thing to do is to just write it off. And, you know, some people say, let's dust our sandals off. Mm. That's the easy thing to do. But that's not what we do with the others in the body of Christ. Yeah. We yeah, I would just say dust a, people off. a marriage after God, you know, is is loyal and faithful mm-hmm. and loves deeply and cares about the hearts of those people. So we don't yeah. just walk away from them. Now, there are, we're not going to get into this, but there are biblical reasons to cut off relationships. Well, if you and your husband have set boundaries and those boundaries are being broken, absolutely. I feel like yeah. Or if there's, um, uh, unrepentant sin and it's been called out, but is not being, and those people aren't being willing to change, mm-hmm. then the Bible tells us to avoid those people. Right. But we're talking about normal Christian relationships, yeah. friends, yeah. <laughs> not someone who's walking in unrepentant sin. Okay. So be friendly. Um, Aaron, do you want to hit number four? Number four is be hospitable. Uh, this one could be hard, especially if, you um, want your house to be a certain way all the time. Like you have expectations. Yeah. Or uh, the people that you might, the friends you might invite over have uh, more kids than you do or older kids or younger kids. Or There's lots of scenarios Different that could dynamics. be difficult to say, let's open up our home and have people over. Mm. But man, the, the Bible, God, the word of God tells us that we should be hospitable people. Mm-hmm. First Peter four eight through nine says above all keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So there's, I mean, those are two verses that are super powerful (laughs) in themselves. Like love covers a multitude of sins, (laughs) which means if we can love 
with a Christ kind of love with our Christian brothers and sisters, uh, there's a lot of things that that covers. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. Now, again, if someone's in unrepentant sin, that's different than someone who's come to you and repented of yeah. their sin. Um, but our love can cover that. But the showing hospitality to one another. What does that look like practically? Um, practically, it means hospitality means to, to open up what's ours. Mm-hmm. It is available. Mm-hmm. What I have is available to you. And I want to um, I want to encourage people on this because sometimes we can look at a situation and think, well, we don't have enough. And then therefore you're not going to be hospitable in that moment. But how many times have, you know, a friend texted us and said they're in town. Can they stop by for dinner? And I kind of like, I look at everything. It's halfway made. And I'm, I'm thinking that very same mm-hmm. thing. I don't think that there's enough. And then they get there and I spread everything out and it was perfect amount. It was like yeah. exactly what we needed. Well, and, and also just on that side of things, like of not having enough, the reason for having them over isn't because we have enough. It's, it's because to, we want to share it with them. It's because we're going to share what we do have. What we do have, yeah. And That's so we, we can, this is practically for us mm-hmm. in the way we think and th- for those listening. Uh, hospitality is not sharing what you don't have. It's sharing mm-hmm. what you do have. Yeah. And so being willing to share, it, it, it's as simple as, hey, you absolutely can come over. We would love to have dinner for you guys. Um we may not have enough to make you super full. So if you have anything you want to bring, do it. Yeah. But otherwise, just come yeah. and we will share with you what we have. Now, there's other hospitality too, where you kind of plan and prepare for it, knowing that you mm-hmm. want to bless this family or that family or so that couple and you save up for it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they have a bigger family and you don't have enough utensils. Go and get some plastic, you know, and just have a nice dinner on plate, you know, yeah. paper plates and plastic. And utensils. there's something beautiful about having a little bit too. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having a little bit. Um, you, you mentioned the bigger family thing. Yeah. Um, that's actually a good um, thought because sometimes we can feel, we can evaluate relationships and say, well, you know, me and you, we only have one kid. So we don't need to invite the family over that has four because they should do the opposite. Like it, it's going to be harder for us to mm-hmm. accommodate a family of six because we're not used to that. So therefore someone else should do it. But in reality, like there's something beautiful about inviting that big family over because how often does that big family get invited to places? That's true. You know, we've actually had a situation in our own fellowship of a big family saying we'd love to be invited yeah. over. We'd love to be thought of that way. Yeah. So you I have know? another example. When we um, were first married and we were, you know, in Christian community, we actually expected people to be hospitable to us because it was just us and we could easily just come over and spend time with families. Yeah. We did have a, a one way. We, we had a one way expectation because we didn't have any kids and it was just easier that we never invited really people over. I mean, maybe a handful of times, but not, yeah, right. not very often. And I just thought about that just now. And so I just want to encourage those listening who maybe they don't have kids all the more be willing yeah. to um, open up you know, what you do have and share that and, and build those relationships with people in a different life stage because you, there's good in all of it. Mm-hmm. God has created us to be able to um, encourage one another no matter where we are in our different life stages. Yeah, and I, I think about on the other side of that, we also didn't have much. We had no not a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a lot to give. We didn't have like 20 plates and right. all these things, right? So we had this mentality of like, well, since we have less, people that have more should take care of us. Yeah. But- Jesus points out the woman who gave her last mite and he says she gave more out of her because she gave out of her poverty Mm -hmm. than that rich man who gave out of his wealth. Mm -hmm. And so there's something spiritually powerful 
about having the heart of hospitality, mm-hmm. even when you have little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and not letting expectations trip you up or stop you. No, but just out of a heart of like, God, I don't know how I, we're going to you know bless these people, but we'll, we'll share what we have and mm-hmm. invite someone. They may say no, but mm-hmm. like open up your home good. and open up what you have to other believers. And you never know. You might, we've seen this before. There was a time that me and you, I'm not trying to just toot our own horn, but we, we blessed a friend of ours who was in a much different financial situation than us. And it blew their mind because they're like, why would you give to us? Like we, we could, could have totally taken care of this. And we, we were financially like stable when we were not in that place. And it actually totally ministered to them mm. and showed them a level of generosity that's never been shown before to them. Mm. Yeah. Just because we were obedient and we didn't think like, well, they have enough. We don't need to help them. No, we, that's not how we were thinking. We felt like God was telling us to do this and we were just trying to be obedient. Yeah. We're like, Hey, let's bless so-and-so with, yeah. you know, this. And so that the hospitality part of this is just a, it could be a powerful ministry tool to grow the church, yeah. to build each other up. So yeah, why don't you do number five? Okay, number five is be sacrificial. Which kind of ties in. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was telling Aaron, being sacrificial is kind of required with all of these, whether it's time, energy, resources, whatever it is. But we just wanted to point out that um, a marriage after God, when it comes to their friendships and their married friends, they're sacrificial. They're available to other couples. They can be inconvenienced by them. Which is a sacrifice of our comfort. And our time. Like getting a call in the middle of the night. Yeah. to help someone. Yeah. Uh being up late with a, a couple to cry with them, yeah. to pray with them, to read to them, to support them. There's there's many ways, sacrificially financially, mm-hmm. like oh this person so and so needs rent or groceries or mm-hmm. um whatever or a date night. So yeah, just sacrificing our time for them, our talents, our energy and just realizing that what God's given us isn't just for us. Yeah. It's to be used for the body. Yeah. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Mm. Are we doing that? And do we lay ourselves down or are we, do we think like, well, I would have done that, but that was too inconvenient. So I want, I want those listening to, to do something real quick. Just the first couple that pops into your mind, your friends, your close friends Ooh, I like this. who are married. When was the last time you were sacrificial for them? That you, mm. that you expressed love in a sacrificial way. So just think about it. And then I would take it even a step further and say, call them, text them. And as a, as a couple, do something for them. Find a way to love them. Yeah. <laughs> just go out of your way for that couple. Okay, moving on to number six is pray for them and with them. Ooh, <laughs> praying for them is easy. sometimes not I guess you're right yeah sometimes people struggle with prayer but Aaron and I you know a large portion of our ministry is to encourage you guys with prayer to Mm -hmm. pray you know to be to be warriors of prayer and this is important Uh, I think of the scripture that says it's the greatest commandment you know the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said Jesus what's the greatest commandment and he's and he tells him he's like you tell me and the Pharisee says to love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself and in that situation, the Pharisee challenged him and said, well, who's my neighbor? Well, we know who our closest neighbors are. It's our spouse. And then our other neighbors are brothers and sisters in Christ. And then there's our physical neighbors that live next door to us. So we know who our neighbors are. Yeah. But loving your neighbor as yourself, how many listening wouldn't love someone to pray for them? 
We get messages all the time of saying, could you pray for me? Mm -hmm. Can you pray for my marriage? So if you want to be prayed for and prayed over and prayed with and thought of in that way and taken care of in that way, then love your neighbors yourself. Yeah, be those people. Pray without ceasing for your brothers and sisters in Christ so that they won't stumble, so that they will be encouraged, so that they will be strong mm -hmm. and walk in purity uh, and and be uh, encouraged in the word of God and strengthened to do ministry and be healed and mm -hmm. blessed and like all the things that you would want to be prayed for. Pray for them. And um, sometimes you can go out of your way to ask them, hey, what do you need prayer for? Hey, I'm praying for you right now. What can I pray for you? Text them. Ask them. Yeah. You know, it's uh, A pet powerful. peeve of mine is, and I, we all have done this, I'm going to pray for you. And then don't pray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so f make it a point. I've made it a point. Anytime I tell someone I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for them, if I text it, if I, I stop in that moment and yeah. I pray. Yeah, me too. I've just made it a habit because I, I didn't want to be that. Yeah, I'll pray for you. And just now it's now a phrase that we say mm -hmm. of like, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> no, let's be in prayer for each other because this world is wicked mm -hmm. and the enemy wants to destroy us and to steal from us. And we just need to be battling for each other. I was just thinking like there's a whole spiritual battle going on. And obviously the enemy hates marriage because God created it and God mm. loves it and hates God uses God it. Yeah. Um, which means that all of our marriages, not one of us um, is outside of this truth. And that is that our marriages are under attack constantly. Yeah. And our faith mm -hmm. and this and, and Christ's church just as a whole. Mm -hmm. So we need to be praying for each other. Yeah. You know, you pray for us. We'd love that. Yeah. Pray for our marriage. Pray, <laughs> pray, pray for our children. Pray for our families. So prayer is is one of the ways you can encourage your. Oh, and then praying for them, mm -hmm. like with them, be in the presence of your friends, and say we're gonna pray for you right now. Yeah, maybe when you know you have them over that week for dinner, just set some time aside to say, hey, we'd love to pray for you. I uh, think speaking of prayer, I was just at a friend's house today. And he was telling me how his wife's just dealing with headaches. And I said, let's go pray for her. And so before I left, me and him went down and we That's prayed awesome. for her. I didn't know that. That's cool. And why don't we do that more? Like, why don't I do that more? I'm just, mm -hmm. and I'm talking to myself right now. Yeah. We need to get in a, a, a spiritual habit of, of just praying for each other. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of things would change in our marriages. Okay. Moving on to the last one. Number seven, serve your friends. You know, serve them. I think of the, the scenario that Jesus did when he was in the, the upper room before he went to go die on the cross and he girded up his, 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 you know, garb, wrapped it around <laughs> his waist, got a bucket of water and a towel and he walked around and he scrubbed all of his disciples' feet. And he says, do this. What you see me doing, do for one another. Mm -hmm. So do we serve each other? Now, speaking uh, allegorically about the feet, are we will willing to touch our friend's dirty feet? What I mean is like, are we willing to get dirty with our friends and, and get into the muck and the mire of life? And the painful things and serve them. I know you said this in the beginning, but had 
our friends not done that with us, the people who became our friends by serving us. Mm. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't be here today. Mm. And Jesus wants us to do that. He wants us to be willing to touch our brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. like spiritually, physically, emotionally, that we are a part of their lives so close that, and for the purpose of cleaning Mm -hmm. and washing and purifying. As you're saying that cleaning and washing, I'm thinking like we are all part of one body. Mm. Okay. And if let's take my body, you know, I, my hands don't say, I'm not going to touch your hair. I'm not going to wash your hair. And so I just go without washing my hair for a year. That would be really nasty. <laughs> yeah. If you had, <laughs> yeah, if you had an off balance hygiene, you, you yeah. would not be approachable as a, as a woman. <laughs> well, so take it in light of the body of Christ Yeah. and his bride who he's coming back for, who should be spotless and blameless he's going and to be beautiful. Then we should be willing to serve different parts of the body mm-hmm. for and, this reason. And this doesn't mean that we, we serve the ones that can serve us back and serve the ones that we click well with and serve the ones who are easy to be around. We serve all of them. So I keep going back to this picture of a body. I know it's funny, that's, but that's what the Bible uses. Listen, it's good. As you're talking, I'm like, you're right. So like my hand can reach back and scratch my back, but my back can't really do much for <laughs> your back. Can't do much for, for your, anything. Yeah. Your hands do that, but it does hold me up. So this is go. just really interesting, but that's what we do. So are, are we servants? Are, are we servants? Christ, he says he didn't, claim the, the, the royalty and the, and the fame that he could have. Instead, he came as a servant, humble, as a child. And the Bible tells us to walk as he walked. Yeah, so do we have that heart? Is, is our heart to lay ourselves down mm-hmm. for our friends? So hopefully those listening are, are, you know, just right along with us going, yes, we're going to, we're going to serve our friends today. What are some practical ways? What does this look like? What are some ways that they can serve? Cause maybe they're, they want to serve, but they're, now they're just wondering, okay, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. What should they know? Well, I think of just some simple practical things, um, helping them. Do they need help with anything? You have to know their needs. You have to know their needs. Yeah. So did they, so Shooting a text. Um, I, last year, I tried getting in a habit of randomly texting friends from our community, just saying, hey, is there anything you need? Mm-hmm. Often they say no. But then there's times they're like, actually, yeah, like I, we could use this or I really, we really need a date. Like we just been in the, the, the thick of having new children and we have not had a date in weeks. So babysit your friend's kids so they can go have yeah. a date. Uh, maybe they're just, maybe there's some, you know, you know, sickness. Hey, can we come over and just clean your house? Mm-hmm. I just want to, we're going to clean your house. Yeah. You, you relax. We're going to bring you food and I'm going to scrub your toilets <laughs> and I'm going to clean your floorboards. And I'm going to, I'm going to do your dishes and just relax and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, those are physical needs. Those are just yeah. things that all of us would love. Like if someone just came over and cleaned our house sometimes. Yeah. Or yard work. So, or just came over and I'm like, hey, uh, so-and-so's in the backyard mowing the lawn. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Uh, the other day, um, 
we we've been trying to consider what we can do for our neighbors, you know, and and how our neighbors um, are just right there. Yeah, our actual neighbors that live next every door to us. day <laughs> that we see. And um, we were leaving our house, and there was a little bit of snow that piled up on the driveway, and one of our next door neighbors was um, push brooming the snow out of another neighbor's driveway. She's an, an elderly woman. And I just thought, how cool. He's amazing. Like way yeah. to go. And that inspired Erin to then go to her next door neighbor and do the same thing for her. Well, you did actually encourage me to do it, That's which awesome. is good because we're a team. Yeah. And I went over there and it took me 20 minutes to go sweep her, the snow off of her driveway. And she's, it's another old um, elderly lady. Um, and she was actually walking out to go to her mail and, and it was, her driveway was so slippery. Oh really? Yeah. And so I, I was like, Hey, can I just take this to the mailbox for you? It was like right across the street. Oh. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. It's just a little thing. So when we serve people like this, it, it, it brings blessing for those who are on the receiving end, but it also sets an example. It inspires people. It makes others want to do nice things and be thoughtful and serve and, you yeah. know, be the hands and feet of Christ. So I think that, um, all around, it's so important to, to be servants. So I just want to end with one more scripture uh, to close out this topic before we pray for them. And it's the reason why we would want to do any of this stuff for brothers and sisters in Christ, for our married couples that we're friends with, for those that love God and are part of the body. In John 13, 35, it says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm. And in 1 John, John says, do not love in words only, but in deed and in truth. So we show our love by the things we do for each other. And that kind of love should be so supernatural that when the world sees how we love each other, Mm -hmm. they will know that we're disciples of Christ. And in John 17, Jesus says, the world will know that God sent me by the love you have for each other. So not only will they know we're disciples of Christ, they'll also know that God sent Jesus. So we have to be doing this. We, it's the ministry that <laughs> we have the in ministry. the world. Yeah. That's what our whole book's about. Yes. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Which a great- Not to plug it, but I'm plugging it. No, but since you went there, I'm just going to say um, it comes out in June, you guys. And a, a great way to encourage your married friends is go through this book with them. I I know they can't do it now. We're going to be going through a series leading up to the book launch, but I just feel like if couples can be um, going through this book together and asking each other questions about it and and saying, what are, what ministry are we doing for God's kingdom? Oh my gosh. I I just, my mind is blown by just the The movement that would start. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's incredible. We're excited about it. Uh, We thank you for joining us today. I pray that these uh, seven ways to encourage your married friends uh, blessed you. And I pray that it it charges you or excites you or gets you moving in the direction of unity in the body. Yeah. That more and more marriages and Christians in general would just be unified and loving each other in this way. Mm-hmm. And and don't wait. It's not next week or the week after. Today. Start today. Yeah. Just do it. All right. So before we close out, uh, we've been committed to praying for you at the end of each episode. And so we're going to pray for you. Dear Lord, thank you for the friends in our lives. Lord, give us a heart of encouragement for them. Give us words that will affirm them and give strength to their marriage relationship. Show us how we can love our friends better and help them know you more. May we be witnesses in this world by how we love one another and walk with each other in truth and in light. 
Help us be more vulnerable and open with our friends. Help us to create an environment where our friends feel safe being vulnerable and open with us. May we use what you have given to us to bless them. Inspire our hearts with creative ways we can serve them in confidence that our purpose as friends builds your kingdom. Please keep the enemy and his evil schemes away from our friends. Do not let his plans of destruction prevail. Protect our friends' marriage and fortify them, O Lord. Give us hearts to see our married friends walk strong and faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we thank you for joining us this week, and we look forward to having you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? Find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.